0: where, uh, you know, things might get a little crazier than they expected it would be when they go to meet their grandma and pop-pop. Nana and pop-pop. Nana, Nana and pop-pop. Orange you glad I didn't say Nana. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is not even a joke. Every day it's a getting closer Going faster than a roller coaster Love like yours will... Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 377 with a review of The Visit. I'm Christopher Schneezy.
1: And I'm S. Dizzle.
0: <laughs> and if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases. Can we do a theater near you? Uh, this week we're taking a break from our VOD releases that we've been doing recently, and we're getting back we're getting back to the movies. Just as this director is getting back to uh, hopefully trying to make a movie that's not a piece of shit. Uh, yep. <laughs> we are talking about the new movie from M Night Shyamalan, The Visit. How is your evening going, Mr. Stephen Miller? Uh, are you spooked out at all?
1: <laughs> I actually am a little bit. Um... I came home to my empty, dark apartment, and only because I knew that we were going to be recording this movie, I had it in my head, like, what if I got scared? Like, what if a lady (laughs) was sitting in my chair (laughs) or something? (laughs) And so I kid you not, like, I texted you telling you I just got home. Yeah. I walked, I checked the bathroom, the closet, the chair, I walked up and down, I turned on every light, (laughs) just like a routine check, like, okay, we're good. (laughs) <laughs> oh nice nice okay, how are it, you doing it, it, are, it, are you scared
0: <laughs> i'm i'm not scared mostly because i i well the thing i'm scared about is the ulcer brewing in my stomach from that hot ass salsa that i ate
1: before i left to, mm-hmm. to come here to record salsa huh
0: <laughs> nothing <laughs>
1: okay a salsa ulcer so salsa yeah i yeah, gotcha
0: um, but anyways, uh, yeah, but I mean, besides that, um, not too spooked out right now. Um, but I don't know. I mean, th- this, this episode could very well spook me out.
1: I- okay. So I think I'll, I'll start with a story. <laughs> I feel like it's better banter than as a review. Okay. So I'm, I'm a wimp. Like we've established that. <laughs> uh, I think the Duke is the first horror movie I watched in maybe like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> And it was only because you made me like you guys said you have to watch this because I hate it. I just hate being scared. I get yeah. freaked out like things that aren't that scary like like the others scared me. Um, I remember as a kid like Minority Report seeing the precogs underwater that scared me. <laughs> well I mean that, that is kind of weird. I mean
0: like weird albino people in in baths of water with shit plugged up to them and little red balls rolling out of machines. I mean that that's a little bit frightening.
1: Yeah, and I think what what really frightens me a lot are things that are just off, like the dial is turned just a little too much to be creepy. Um so anyway, this movie, the trailer alone is full of like eerie images like that, you know, like a twisted happy thing turned kind of demented. A twisted happy thing like a naked grandma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so one scene in the trailer, so it isn't a spoiler, is the kids open the door at night and see their grandmom scurrying really quickly on her fours around the house, like, bounding back and forth. Yeah. So, so after this movie, my girlfriend and I go to a sushi boat restaurant, <laughs> which is is where people sit at the counters, the chefs are in the middle, they're putting stuff on boats. And I was talking to her, telling her, like, you know, the movie didn't scare me that much, I feel really good. And while I was saying that, in my peripheral vision, a sushi chef crawled under the counter. Because <laughs> this is how they get out. They crawl on all fours and just scurry under the counter right towards where I was sitting. <laughs> and I gave like a look of horror and I paused for maybe like 10 seconds. <laughs> it wasn't just a gut reaction. <laughs> I was actually like frozen with fear by these sushi chefs that were crawling toward me <laughs> oh my god that's so awesome and it happened like you would think after the first time it wouldn't be scary but it happened like five times <laughs> and nice. every time i had like at least some jolt of terror when i saw the person crawling towards me it was like a little trigger warning you're just like oh shit <laughs> exactly like oh no grandma's coming
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's all i was wondering what the sushi story was because like i, I couldn't I couldn't think of what it could possibly be considering there's no like sushi sushi scene. Why is that so hard to say? Um so um but that that's an awesome
1: story. <laughs> yeah, especially if you were there. Like I was cockily describing like oh yeah, you know this is the second horror movie in a row that I really wasn't that scared by. <laughs> i was just petrified
0: the the better story would be i mean i'm not better this is this horrible like i am a horrible person but i'm gonna say it anyways because it's funny in a dark way um not in a dark way like queen of earth but it is you'll you'll hear it um but basically if like you were if you decided not to drive or uber or anything to go see the movie but you took like bart or something like that and like an old woman falls onto the bart track And like the train is coming and you're the only one close enough to help her, but she's in that all fours crouched position and you're too scared (laughs) to actually help her. So you just watch her get hit by the Bart because you were too traumatized by the visit to actually do anything about the fact that she had
1: fallen. So that didn't happen, but a few similar things did because after (laughs) dinner, so we're in like the downtown financial district. And one thing about San Francisco is like, there are a lot of kind of older homeless people. Some of them are elderly women with long hair (laughs) who look a little bit off. Yeah. And like a few times I was walking and like one would just turn and look at me and I would be really scared. (laughs) Dude, you have to watch It Follows. No, never.
0: (laughs) Oh, you would never be able to walk around the city anymore after It Follows. Don't want to. Not going to do it. (laughs) I I think you should. We should should do like a a retroactive review to lump you in on what you thought of the film.
1: No, it's this, Crimson Peak, and then I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> no more horror <laughs> movies in 2015.
0: If we have to see another horror movie, I'm quitting the podcast. Yes. I, th- I think there will be... Maybe, maybe there won't be a time when you transition. I mean, I don't... Like, I used to never watch horror films, mostly because I just wasn't really interested in it. Like, I would watch a suspense movie that maybe approached horror but was really just a really good story and then it happened to have some darker elements um but i think my gateway to it was i was really i was really interested in this idea of like a war but basically what 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 kind of turned me around is i saw the movie constantine which isn't a horror film it's an action film but just the idea of like the war between good and evil and and angels and demons and like all that kind of stuff kind of made me just interested in that like just the idea of that so then also i started like watching all these like movies with like exorcism and stuff like that and i was like you know what? this is really interesting and even when it's a bad movie i'm still really interested in the idea of demonic forces possessing things on this plane and using them as a vehicle to try to get onto our or into our world mm-hmm. um, and that sort of got me into watching like every film that even has an exorcism scene in it at all and then even when they're bad like i said I still enjoy some aspect of them. And then, like, the Paranormal Activity films started to come out. And uh, because of, like, how, like, quote-unquote realistic they were – like, they were trying to be, like, this is real. Like, you know, it takes place in San Diego County. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like, it, it had something interesting to it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There there's some aspect of it where I liked to be – like, I, I've I've grown to enjoy – the even if i'm not quote unquote scared where like maybe my heart beats fa- beating faster and i know it is and like i know any moment now there's gonna be a jump jump scare and i'm trying to make myself not jump at all but i still jump like there is an there there is it's it's kind of like a little mini roller coaster that doesn't involve heights you know what i mean Like right. and and it's last two hours so you know it's building towards something so it's kind of like even when it's bad and even if, I don't know, say there's a bunch of stupid-ass teenagers in your freaking theater that are acting like a bunch of assholes. Um, hypothetically. Hypothetically speaking. There is generally, a, which always happens. If if you see a horror movie and you don't see it in a 21 and up show or you don't see it like super late at night and not on the first night the movie comes out, you're going to have to deal with these kids. Um, but there, there's some aspect to it, especially if you're with like, I mean, not. Not, not to be quote unquote sexist, but like the times I've seen horror films with girls, like they're usually more scared than I am. But then I start to vibe off of the the scaredness that they're they're going through. Like it, mm-hmm. it's it's like a communal thing where you like you're both a little bit scared and the sen- the fact that you can sense the other person's scared makes you more scared and then you sort of just, like create this echo chamber of fear where like
1: yeah. you don't know what's going to happen it's freaky I- i'm sure my girlfriend feels that with me i'm i'm the scared <laughs> one in the relationship <laughs>
0: we'll see there you go you, you ca- you're ca- counteracting my accidental sexism by being the man who's scared and she's the brave woman um, not all women <laughs> Um and I'm not, I'm not yeah and I, and I just for the record, like I was trying to state like i I'm not speaking that all women are scared and all men are tough and brave. I'm simply saying that like the the most fun I've had in a scary movie was with a girlfriend or a girl that I was you know on a date with or something who was really scared at whatever I was watching mm-hmm. um,
1: i I think I like some of the things you mentioned about horror movies I mean. When I think of like suspenseful movies, like The Gift is a good example, or, you know, to go up like 10 levels, like older, like Hitchcock movies, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I love the feeling of being on the edge of my seat. It's um, the kind that I feel like The Ring brought about, where it is about one or two really frightening images that you can't get out of your head. Yeah. Like, there's an art to that, but that I don't enjoy <laughs> because i have to live with that for like weeks after i watch the movie
0: <laughs> well there, there, there is some sense too that like that lingering fear is still interesting like like i told you there, there's a scene in it follows where somebody is staring at an open door thinking something's there but there's nothing there but then something comes through that door and, and- Now I'm retelling the story for the people who are listening. But there is... When when I go to sleep, I shut the door that separates my bedroom from the living room slash kitchen because um, my fridge in the apartment is heinously loud and I like to get some peace when I sleep. Um, But when I'm shutting it, I've turned off all the lights in that room and I'm moving into a room that the lights are already off. And there is a mirror that is directly opposite the door. So when I go to shut the door... I look up and I see my my reflection really faintly and a black void behind me as i 'm shutting this door and it 's like it I actually went and found that scene on on uh, youtube and like it 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 's seriously four frames of like this thing like this person walking through this doorway, but in my head, I remember it as this prolonged, large person moving into frame through this this void, and it 's like in my head, it freaks me out. Every time I shut the door to my room, like, I have this mini little, like, just spike in the back of my head that, like, I sense of, like, mm-hmm. okay, I just recognize that imagery. I know there's nobody in the living room <laughs> who's going to follow me through this void, but there's still some little tiny peak of freaked out that I am, and I can talk myself out of it, like, instantly, but it's still... I, I, I don't know. I kind of like that in a way.
1: I... I like the roller coaster when I can opt into it. <laughs> the problem is this kind of lingering. I can't opt out like i'm I'm in when I have to go to bed when I am just in a situation where something creepy is happening yeah. like like I have a bathrobe hanging in the bathroom, and in my peripheral vision, when the door's open, that looks like a person is just chilling <laughs> yeah, just, over there just hanging
0: out in your bathroom
1: and and like I get a little meta joy from it, like a funny story or two, but for the most part, I, uh, I'm i too much of a wimp. Yeah. I just want to watch About Time on loop. <laughs>
0: yeah. You don't want to end up getting scared of your closet because that can't be the happy place that you go into and clench your fists and pretend like you can travel through times and make everything better. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Mr. Stephen Miller, what do you say that uh, we get into the review? Yes. Right, right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for The Visit and then come back and give you a review.
1: Every day it's a getting close. Are you holding my camera properly? Swerve, girl. Uh,
0: Stop, both of you. Like yours will come Bye, Mom. Away. My parents
1: asked if their grandchildren could visit them for a week. Here we
0: are. This is where our mom grew up. I've wanted to spend time with you for so long.
1: I miss you guys.
0: Mom, we're having a great time. I have not seen your Nana this happy in years. (laughs) Bedtime here is 9.30. It's probably best you two shouldn't come out of your room after that. See you in the morning. 9.30? 9.30. What is that? It's 10.47. We think there's someone outside the door. What was that? I think Nana's not feeling well. Grandmother is fine. It's like somebody talking in their sleep. What's he doing? They're weird during the day. They're just cleaning it. And even weirder at night?
1: There's something wrong with Nana and Papa.
0: They're just old.
1: Bear with it for a couple of days. (laughs) Nana, are you okay? They're hiding something. It's just the end of your trip.
0: I'm sad. It's all over. I'm going to get you.
1: Ah! Ah! Papa!
0: Let's make it a perfect night. What is that?
1: Mom, you need to come right now. Would you mind getting
0: inside the oven to clean it? Right, so that was the trailer for the visit. Um, we have two kids who are being dropped off at their grandparents house for a week uh, visiting with them they haven uh, 't the, you know their mother is estranged from the grandparents and they haven 't ever really met them so they 're going to go spend a week with them. Um, meanwhile, the daughter is you know really into filmmaking and wants to make this uh, pretentious documentary about uh, what happened between her mom and her grandparents so she 's carrying a camera in you know classic found footage style and uh what we are watching is all the footage that she collected on this one week trip where uh you know things might get a little crazier than they expected it would be when they go to meet their grandma and pop pop
1: nana and pop pop
0: nana nana and pop pop orange you glad i didn't say nana <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, this is not even a joke. orange is the new black i don't know if... um
0: <laughs> anyways steven miller um were you like what did you think of this film
1: yeah so I think it's only fair to preface with the obvious fact that M. Night Shyamalan has not been good in a very long time I don't know if Carson is listening and he's gonna cry because like a lady in the water was the best movie he ever made or something <laughs> but I, I think most of us can agree that it, it's been a while since the dude has made a good movie yeah um and I feel like going into this uh I did not necessarily see like a masterpiece, like a masterful horror movie, but I saw a very fun, enjoyable, pulpy one um in my mind, this movie had the right balance of comedic moments and scary moments, like it wasn't um it wasn't a masochistic movie, it was a movie that wanted to give you enough terror. And then undercut it with something funny for like five minutes and then go back to terror and then undercut it again. Yeah. Like more, more of that kind of roller coaster where it has a bunch of uphill and downhill moments, but it never becomes like excruciating. Yeah. Um. And, and yeah, in my mind, that was just a ton of fun. I, I feel like, you know, the found footage concept, there's nothing new about it, but... Coming from M. Night Shyamalan, who has made many like very serious movies where you can tell he believes very strongly in his ability to like make up a scene or frame a shot. Um, Having this character who's kind of talking about that pretentiously, like how she's going to convey emotion and how you can make make terror by having the the object of horror come in from the other side and things like that. Uh, that right off the bat made it fun for me. Uh, even if it wasn't original, I, I got a lot of laughs out of that. Mm. And then the the actual horror elements were, I thought, really well done. I mean, this movie, the trailer gives away maybe half of the frightening scenes, but the way that they come about and the way that they're weighted, I feel like it doesn't give away too much. Like, there was still plenty of fun surprise to be had in this movie. Um, I, I also think like a lot of effective horror movies take a subconscious fear that we actually have and prey on that. And in this case, it is that fear of <laughs> maybe this is terrible, but the, you know, the fear of old <laughs> Grand- people or people who might, <laughs> yeah, people who might not be all the way there anymore, people who yep. maybe have like a misplaced love or are, like a screw or two is loose and they can't be they're not a formidable enemy but that almost makes it worse it's like a scary thing that you can't hit <laughs> you know it, <laughs> like if if these people were just random homeless 40 people year old in San men, <laughs> yeah if these were just like 40 year old men in this movie they the kids met on the street they wouldn't ever put up with them like after one weird thing they would run away (laughs) but the fact that they are kind of old and sweet and you can frame it in a way where it it could be plausibly nothing for quite a while in the movie um i i thought that made it fun of course you know where it's going i feel like i picked up on the big twist of the movie maybe like a third of the way in. Wait, but are you saying M Night Shyamalan threw a twist in the end of his movie? I he's really reinventing himself, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but even even if I could kind of see where it was going, there was still a lot of joy in the reveal. Like my theater definitely got a kick out of it. Um so yeah, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't amount to a whole lot. Some set pieces are better than others. Like I loved A scene about hide-and-seek, a scene with the grandma laughing. I love the visual of scurrying at night. That is, like, (laughs) that's the right amount of terrifying. I've definitely been in a house I didn't know before, and you hear creaky noises. And, like, that is a very scary, real fear that I would have of, like, what if I open the door and shit was just going down outside
0: (laughs) you know you gotta you gotta come across the bridge and come hang out in alameda there there's like sections of alameda that are these old like victorian homes and like all these like er there's just areas of the town where literally every single house looks like a haunted house (laughs) and you're just (laughs) like you're like yeah this street's freaking terrifying
1: i i don't want to do that (laughs) but i believe you um uh, so yeah the I thought I'm, I'm
0: thought I gonna take you to the neighborhood i'm not gonna actually do this It'd be funny if i took you to the neighborhood and then i was like what the, the light says that the the back passenger door is open can you just like get out open it and shut it for me and then <laughs> when you get out i just uh, tear away don't you dare i would never do that to you steven
1: <laughs> but a- anyway so i thought nana and pop are both uh very good in this movie. The kids are like, okay, sometimes I like them. Other times they're too precocious and too like trying to be comic relief for my taste. But there are a few times where he really nails the comic relief with them.
0: Do you Um, think the girl was faking her lisp? Because I feel like half the movie she had a lisp and half time she didn't. The kid, like the boy definitely had a lisp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the girl was maybe faking it. it. I didn't really believe it. Yeah, I feel like the boy had to be
0: because, I mean, when he's trying to do his, like, raps and stuff, I feel like if if for every word you're trying to say the lispy version of the word, it would be pretty difficult to maintain that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I feel like those raps needed subtitles because <laughs> I, I, I couldn't
1: understand half of what he was saying. Nope. <laughs> Neither could I. <laughs> those, those raps are a good example of a a quote funny moment that i felt a little bit too removed from yeah like to me it was more like yeah i don't i don't believe this kid is actually doing this right now
0: <laughs> his his funniest most awkward moment for me is is the sister saying what are you doing and he's like this is how kids play
1: yes that was the funniest by far that was great <laughs> uh. um yeah and i mean the movie rushes to a pretty good ending or at least penultimate ending like it it hits a kind of fun crescendo where things get things are allowed to get crazy but not again in like the masochistic way more in like a gleeful kind of crazy yeah more in the shies away (laughs) yeah yeah the shies away by the way not my favorite part of the movie (laughs) (laughs) um and you know it's it's a horror movie I feel like when it tries, it tries to go for real emotion a couple times. Like it kind of bookends it with real emotional moments, and those don't work for me at all. But whatever, <laughs> the bulk of the movie worked. It it was a fun time.
0: Well, Mr. Stephen Miller.
1: Um, so so leading into when we first of all,
0: I was negative interested in seeing this film, not because it was just another horror film, but because specifically because it was an M Night Shyamalan picture. Um i am sort of done with this stuff like just i don't trust them like there was a point in time where i was like did you say i'm not Shyamalan? sign me up and that (laughs) quickly went away um i mean i was already not liking things when everybody else was still on board (laughs) um but uh, i think he
1: peaked with the happening
0: (laughs) the freaking happening oh dear god um but no like i didn't even like the village um and I think I didn't even see Lady in the Water because I didn't like The Villager. I don't remember what the order of everything was. I think I watched The Happening just because I wanted to torture myself. It was like on video or on TV or something. But anyways, um, leading up to this film, wasn't interested in it. We were kind of peeking around for another VOD movie maybe. And then we started seeing tweets from the interwebs and from you know other podcasters that we listened to uh, who seemed to be pretty positive on the film. And I still didn't quite buy it, but I was like, you know what, maybe whatever. I think I was surprised that you were actually like, you know what, we have to do it. And I was like, oh we have to do it now. If Steven's actually gonna see a horror film, then I definitely am am up for it. Um So I did not like this movie <laughs> at all. I I mean, people are throwing around things like, this is M. Night Shyamalan's best film in 15 years, or this is like a return to form, and like all these things. And I think it's a very bad movie. Um, hmm. the, the twist of the film, I actually did enjoy. I didn't quite see it coming because I was too busy thinking in my head, f*** this movie. <laughs> um, the so like you you mentioned the hide and hide and seek scene right, yeah. which is in the trailer you know she's like i'm gonna get you here um uh, like at the point in the film like That is so early on in the, like, chronology of the film that it makes zero freaking sense. Like, it does not belong in that. Like, when you watch it in the trailer, you think it's, like, after the shit is already hitting the proverbial fan, right? Like, things are getting crazy, and now the grandma is going to be, like, chasing them underneath the thing. But, like, it's thrown in, like, out of nowhere, and it's suddenly, like, this is scary suddenly. It's not scary, you know? Like, they're they're doing... It it just... For me... uh, it feels like a person got a piece of paper out and said, "What are scary things that an old person could do that maybe could not be scary, but are definitely scary?" And mm-hmm. then just wrote them down, shuffled them in a bag, poured them out like Bananagram style, and then just like started making a movie about it. Like I, I don't feel there's a logical progression in the the craziness of the film. Um, there are way too many moments that feel like. Like it's not even feel like it. it there's basically the, these these really heavy-handed attempts at foreshadowing, um, that are very very weird. And there's even things that like it feels like he's ripping off his own stuff now. Like not just um, uh, not just the type of thing that we're like oh well this usually happens in a horror film so I'm gonna also throw this in my movie because in general I'm fine with that. Like like every movie that involves an exorcism I just spent like five minutes earlier in this episode talking about how I like exorcism films like there's you know the classic thing about exorcism is like you need to figure out the name of the demon so that way you can like banish it from the person right so there's always a scene with a priest saying like tell me your name and stuff like that so like there are things that are tropes that you're allowed to repeat but like he straight up steals moments from the sign like like swing away whatever the hell your name is like oh yeah for sure he pulls the exact same bullshit in this film sorry minor spoilers if you can figure out what i'm talking about but it it like i the the construction of the film I just don't like you know it, it started off and like I immediately was like okay this the fact that you're even interviewing your mom, you know main character of the story doesn't make any sense, and then they explained why it makes sense like later on in the film but it 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 just it seemed too convenient, like the way it was all being set up and and i don't know i just the As I watched the film, I mean, part of it might be that I was in a theater full of freaking teenagers that were stupid as hell. Um, But it was really hard for me to just get into the movie because there was just too many things where I was like, okay, so now you're just being weird. I'm not actually scared yet. I'm mostly just confused at why. These things are happening, you know. Now, it,
1: are you sure you didn't just want the teenagers in the movie to die to get <laughs> some anger out to, to get
0: to get like a revenge on like metaphorical or symbolic uh happenings to those people to uh to pretend that it like to live vicariously through those characters as Yeah, that would be to, healthy. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe I, I just feel that I want to feel like there is a, a steady ramp up and I want to feel like things are happening for a reason as opposed to things are happening because the writer director thinks that those things are creepy <clears throat> like I mean I mean like I said the, the twist almost brought me around on the film like and, and I, I kind of hate that we keep referring to the twist because then, then I feel like it's taking away from it for maybe people who are enjoying the movie up till it's presence but i but i think that like it was almost enough to kind of bring me around but then it was like immediately after that happens then we get the like call back to the signs tropes and and i don't know i i was i was all in all i was really disappointed by the film and it didn't really give me the um the excitement i mean like the the boy has these weird affectations like like for absolutely no reason I'm I'm really into being like a ladies man even though like you never actually see me talking to a lady but then I rap but then I want to replace my curse words with like names of female actors or musicians or whatever and I still don't even remember which one it is Kelly Clarkson (laughs) so musicians um but it it, like it just like the, the daughter having to be oh, this like aspiring filmmaker who like really has an idea, He's like, let's make jokes about mise-en-scene and like, all this stuff. <laughs> like, it, I don't, it just felt like no one felt real in the story. And while the premise of the film, including the twist, like, if you just, like, if you gave me the elevator pitch for this movie and I'm an exec, I would totally be on board and I would let you make this movie. Mm-hmm. But the execution of it and the way it's presented was not, like compelling to me and it it yeah I just I I found it very disappointing from that aspect of it
1: so I can't say I disagree with you on any major point actually it's just in my mind that the things you're criticizing it for not being are not what I expected the movie to be or wanted it to be um like no one feeling real it feeling like it took a bunch of his own tropes and shuffled them in a bag and repeated them for you um that all made it fun for me as like a kind of comic horror movie well, well the, let,
0: let, let me here let me throw out one thing that i think is the the like most egregious thing this film does and i will speak i will speak as ambiguously as i can yeah i think you'll be able to pick up on the scene i'm talking about the scene involves um, it, it's the the most jump scary jump scare in the film, and it involves a, an extreme close up. Like, mm-hmm. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah. So in that scene, there is no like so. In that scene, it's the first time that our main characters aren't operating the camera. But in order for the thing that they want to show that's scary, the camera has to move from place to place. Because unlike paranormal activity, there aren't a series of cameras stashed throughout the house to try to capture whatever is happening. Inside the universe of this film, there's no reason why any of that should happen. Because in the context for what the scare comes from, there's no... um, Not like... Uh, what's the word? Not like sentience, but there's no, not autonomy, but like there's no agency of that character at that time, right? So, it it was just like when that happened, it was like okay, so you you set this thing up for the jump scare, you got your jump scare, you know, like the you know the freaking teenagers won't shut up and seriously talked for about two minutes afterwards, um, and like narrated the scene as it was playing out, and, uh like that happens and then you go like oh shit how do we show the next scene oh i know how we'll show the next scene and then they do what they do like that yeah that it, it's just disappointing because it breaks the illusion of what's happening you know what i mean like you could have done anything else to try to portray that or you know maybe i don't i don't know it just it those type of things i think this film is really guilty of that's the easiest one to kind of
1: uh to, to kind of show off but I, I need to pause for a second to let you know that i am so wimpy that just having you describe that dumb scene <laughs> got me like my phone in my backpack made a little noise while you were talking about it <laughs> and i te- i tensed up i'm i'm just a total wimp I, I i agree with you of course that there is no reality where that scene Happens the way that it happens, and like,
0: and, and, and here, here's the worst part. What is happening after the scare is the most frightening thing in this movie, like mm-hmm. because that is the first time that any character is in genuine danger, right? And it's so undercut by the the directorial choice and the writing of that scene. Like it, it's you're taking the single greatest moment of danger for a character, and you're just shitting on it
1: Mm -hmm. except for when more literally that happens later (laughs) but anyway (laughs) I I I saw that moment as very goofy I definitely saw the character in question as having the only internal logic these characters have is to behave in the most like terrifying freak out children way possible (laughs) Um, yeah And that is like, that is the only logical narrative I can see for it. And yeah, that scene felt very pulpy and very comic in the way that it happened. Like that is for the audience. It isn't for the movie. But here's the Um, thing
0: too, is those characters don't know what's happening on the outside of the door. All they know is that somebody's banging on the door. They mm -hmm. don't know what the thing is and the, 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 what that person has with them, I should say. mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they th- that that just seems to be the same sounds they were hearing the night before,
1: right? Maybe more intentional, but yeah, I I can't disagree. I mean my my feeling during that scene was laughter. It, it wasn't terror. It was like laughter with a, just enough tension to feel like I was still in a horror movie. Yeah, and you're right that that could have been played much more frighteningly if he hadn't undercut it or if the construction could have made it more apparent what was going on. Yeah. I I just wasn't looking for that, I guess. I was looking for a jumble of alternatingly funny and frightening moments. <laughs> I guess you got exactly what you were looking for then. Yeah, I w- maybe it was just setting expectations appropriately. <laughs> maybe this is another case where me... Having not watched many horror movies for the last like eight years of my life, am not the right person to um judge a horror film. You're saying you're M not Shyamalan? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good one. That's barely a joke. <laughs> um Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't have a good frame of reference. I I I guess I walked in wanting something. There was only a playful popcorn flick, not one that had to make sense in any reasonable way. And I feel like from the very beginning, the way the kids are behaving, the way that, you know, this daughter is unbelievably precocious and they're talking about mise-en-scene and they're basically making a horror movie on accident. Like that's what the documentary is. And in order for that to happen, you need to see a real world who follows this bizarre internal logic to maximize horror scene type moments for the camera. And that felt like the, the cheap trick the movie was doing. And I don't know. I thought it was a fun cheap trick. I, I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. And I definitely did not feel like M. Night Shyamalan... Ever took himself seriously making this movie. (laughs) Really,
0: you don't think he was like, I just gave Guillermo del Toro run for his money? No, no (laughs) way. I feel like he. I. I feel like I imagine him not only that he thinks that the girl talking precociously about film is like actually sounding like a genius, but I think that he is that girl. Like he. (laughs) He Mm -hmm. thinks like, oh my god, what I'm doing is just i'm creating the most whatever whatever that
1: i could do like i I really i i don't at all i see it as him poking fun at himself and even the swing away like homage homage that you (laughs) mentioned i feel like if if both of us immediately picked that up as like a are you kidding me this is this happened in signs already I'm pretty sure he did, too. <laughs> like, I almost feel like he was looking back at this career of, like, successes and then a bunch of failures and deciding, like, I'm just going to make fun of all this shit. But I don't like j-
0: just I mean, part of it is the baggage I carry from his previous films. But like, if you look at the way just take the simple way that he took the main character Aang from Avatar The Last Airbender and wrote him as Ong because that's the proper way to say the name that's pronounced as canon as Ang, is that's the type of thing where you don't do that to poke fun at yourself like you do it because you think that you are in the right and I it's hard for me to imagine him doing something that's that's satire when he, like if you're trying to do something that's satire like I don't know I feel like The way he could be satire is to pull a double twist at the end where, like, there's a twist, and then it turns out that, like, oh, we were just kidding. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like,
1: but even even with the shitty moments, (laughs) um, (laughs) (laughs) meant. Meant to have more meaning. Uh, Okay,
0: that's another thing. Like the shitty moment is just another example of of like uh, what would be scary. What if Grandpa was like burying like diapers of shit in the shed? Oh, that's scary to me. That 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 makes him seem. No, I didn't
1: think that was scary. I thought that was an example of goofiness and maybe
0: the goofiness going overboard. (laughs) No, no, but I'm I'm doing his logical progression. He's like, okay, Mm -hmm. well that's not scary enough. Well, why don't we give the child the affectation of being like a germaphobe? And for no reason at all, have him have a scene where he can't get something gross off his hands and then take those two things, combine them and go literally in the future to to the grossest thing that he could experience. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like there's, there's a sense where like it's, there's no other way to read that than silly. Yet I think that, I, I feel like M. Night Shyamalan was like, oh, but this is really like, poignant and something and
1: no i did not i did not read it as poignant <laughs> whatsoever no i the didn't only read it point... either
0: but i just imagined him like oh this would be really good because see like he doesn't like dirt what's worse than dirt
1: <laughs> yeah we didn't give that away <laughs> <laughs> nobody can put these clues together um but that's okay. I mean, letter, letterbox was already full of people talking about the, quote, diaper scene. I think I read reviews like that already. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, the only moment where I really felt like M. Night Shyamalan thinks he's doing something meaningful was, like, the very, very end. And maybe one point in the middle where it tries to, like, harken back to the kid's family life and the things that shaped them and those moments i didn't know what to make of cuz i felt like he had to know this movie <laughs> did not build empathetic enough characters for me to need a emotional scene like that or for that to need to be gratified somehow um but i was willing to overlook it i not those were where i felt like he was being pretentious definitely not with the horror or the kind of goofy dumb humor i could have done without the diaper moments myself <laughs> i don't feel like they added anything yeah um but when he was just going for like balls to the wall creepy i i don't know I, I was on board for it and i thought i thought of that as him poking complete fun at the genre not of him believing he was crafting anything and like if the daughter comes across as being extremely pretentious and talking about mise en scene and how we're going to frame this moment and we're going to have an emotional scene with crying and everything i feel like if anything that's him making fun of his own pretension not not him building a character who is like him to build up well i mean i will give him credit on
0: not putting himself in the film like he always has like a cameo role in his movies
1: for no Mm -hmm. reason at all um wasn't he the pile of shit (laughs) 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 Sorry that was just his filmography That made a cameo Zing Um, But yeah Uh, I had a serious thought
0: In there somewhere But now I just I just can't stop thinking of him As a piece of shit Um, (laughs) I mean (laughs) figuratively Anyways
1: And Haley Joel Osment played Nana, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any leftover (laughs) comments about the film? Like, is there any any other thing that it did maybe that interested you
1: or disappointed you or anything like that? I mean, not really. A a part of me was concerned (laughs) with the way the movie was going, that it was like, going for really, really cheap shots at the expense of old people. <laughs> like, I think we can all agree the diaper moment is an example of that. Um, but I will say that, like, my my general discomfort with how things were going, the eventual things that are revealed in the movie paid that off pretty well. Like, by the end of the movie, I have no problem at all with <laughs> the way things went down. Yeah. Uh, other than that no not really i think this movie ties in pretty well to uh true story actually Also, <laughs> it would require a major spoiler to say that for for both of them
0: yeah i think uh, so well okay so here, here's one question do like at, at one point in time there uh there's like a random um person from the town who will say swings her way into the picture for a little yeah. bit
1: tarzan <laughs> yes tarzan
0: um do, like do you think that was necessary like th- that's the type of thing that that makes me feel like this is just what's what's creepy oh maybe this is creepy so let's do this like is there
1: um necessary i don't know because when that when that takes place it is in this kind of like big chaotic crescendo of the movie where I feel like creepiness is in the restraint, like in the moments built up where you get a little something and then it cuts to a different thing that is like relieving. Yeah. Like I feel like that's how creepiness is bred for me is these subtle moments or not subtle, like this movie wasn't subtle, but you know, the moments where like they give you a little bit and then they hold back and then they give you a little bit more and they hold back. Yeah. Um, That moment that you're describing happened in the chaotic frenzy where nothing was really scary anymore. It was just kind of a fun explosion of ridiculousness. Uh, So it it worked fine for me. It kind of like, it kind of set the stage for that part of the movie. I didn't mind it.
0: I I guess I kind of felt like in the world of, it goes back to my comment earlier about agency. I feel that like when the stuff is the craziest, um, the old people don't have agency, right? Like they are, succumbing to whatever the issue is with them, right? Right. So I feel that the thing that leads to the character that swings her way into the film, um, uh, I feel like that requires malice and forethought. <laughs> yep. Um, which, I mean, I, I do believe it happens earlier in the day. So it's not Correct. it's not an evening thing but I guess just on some level
1: it is a little problematic, but I think the time sensitive nature of the weird behavior of these characters is kind of distinct from their other flaws. And some of this movie, the whole way through requires agency, like knowledge of what you are doing. Um, and I feel like this fits with that. It's hard to say vaguely. <laughs> like, it's hard to say without giving away anything. Yeah. But I I don't mind that because I think malice and creepiness are two different qualities of these characters. Yeah. And only the latter is restricted to nighttime.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I agree with that. As I was kind of saying, I was sort of half answering my own question. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh I'll I'll let this one slide. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's all I really have to say. But but I will say one more anecdotal story. It's not really anecdotal. I I just want to say one more stupid ass thing that the stupid ass teenagers were doing in my theater. Mm-hmm. Um, like I told you, not in this episode, that some girl that was like across the aisle from me had like pulled out her phone and was playing a video and talking during one of the scenes. Um, which was really aggravating. But uh, there's a scene in the film. It's the only time that you see, um, I, we'll call it archival footage of the children's father, who's no longer in the picture. Mm-hmm. And like this girl, like super loud, is like, oh my God, it's James Franco. Is that James Franco? Oh, it's so James Franco. And then it's like, it's not even close to James Franco. <laughs> but she was like, squee, like, oh my God, I love James Franco. And I, uh, I just wanted to punch her interface
1: that is awful
0: which i would never do for the record i would never hit (laughs) anyone really
1: because i'm too amity to do that
0: (laughs) but also i wouldn't hit some little
1: girl in a movie theater just for annoying the shit out of me (laughs) i can imagine that with the wrong crowd this movie would be pretty unbearable to watch i was in the perfect crowd they were having fun they were like not silent you know it was a lively crowd but Nobody was talking about James Franco. They, they were pretty good about watching the movie. <laughs> and we were all drinking, which is key. Oh, yeah, for sure. There, there, I, I really want to make a
0: movie where, like, it turns out that alcohol is the problem. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, sure, make an entire metaphor for alcoholism, but, like, make it to where, like the something about the alcohol is a thing that like messes with everybody and then everybody in the theater is like drinking and having a good time and then when that twist comes up like everybody just like freaks out
1: the hops will <laughs> constrict your throat after 30 minutes
0: <laughs> it could happen you never know
1: yeah watch out
0: anyway should we get to our verdicts for this episode sure why not all right, Stephen, if you're going to give this a must-see, a reckon with a caveat, a wait for a rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
1: I'm giving it a solid recommend with a caveat. Um, I think this falls in that genre of movie that is fun enough that I think it's worth giving a shot, worth watching. Caveat being, I don't think it has much to offer, and it certainly isn't like a gnawing or original movie um (laughs) it is a a fun two hours with just a little bit of lingering imagery but nothing that i think like puts it in the pantheon of great (laughs) horror movies or anything but it is fun and i think it's the first not bad movie m night Shyamalan has made in quite a long time (laughs) so way way to go for doing your job (laughs) um
0: i really did not like this movie um I mean, the positive of this film is it's not about trees trying to kill people, (laughs) so (laughs) it's got spoiler. It's it's got that going for it. (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a must avoid. (laughs) I
1: just really didn't like it. Um, I'm gonna give it a must see now, just to fight with you on it.
0: (laughs) That's fine if we wanna if we want to equalize down to a wait
1: for rental. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I want to live with myself calling it must see. I had a lot of fun though the dumb kind of fun I don't not like Furious seven dumb fun, like not that level of amazing dumb fun, but a good amount of dumb fun i
0: I think that in a perfect world where I saw this with the twenty one and up crowd, um I might be a little more lean, leaning on the film, maybe lean towards past the caveat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I think just like when I when I left the film, I was just like, you know, maybe if it didn't even pull the signs homaging, mm-hmm. uh maybe if things like that weren't there or moments the the scene that we talked about in the center, um with with the things that happened outside of agency. Um I think i probably would have just left it as a pass of the caveat but i think that those things and the few little signs where i can see or i feel at least that m night is trying to really do something and just not executing in a way that i like it makes me just dislike it even more fair enough so that's what i give it
1: who wants to play yahtzee the darkies i feel the darkies
0: I'm guessing you don't want anybody to know where to find you, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. No, if you want to find me, um, don't. <laughs> Please don't.
0: At least give it a good three months for this to wear off, and you forget about the movie, and then people can try to find you.
1: Yeah, maybe go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller, but, I don't know, be be gentle about it. People can find
0: me over at christopherandreallife.com or twitter.com slash you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to get or if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash the spoiler warning. If you uh, want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the spoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. The music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to uh, the film The Visit. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, we are going to take off. Um, Steven's probably going to rock back and forth on the ground in the fetal position. <laughs> yeah, I need to get away the dark cubes now. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, thank you for joining me, Stephen. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm glad you survived. <laughs> and uh, everybody else, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, hey, Love like yours will surely come my way. Oh! F- <laughs>
1: i'm guessing victoria just came in
0: yes oh you know that's gonna end the podcast right
1: <laughs> yeah that could be the ending sound of the episode